I'm Drew, and this is my garage. I'm not ready. I will be three. Okay, I'm ready. Two. One. Hello and welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and we're live. We've got Aaron Durbacher here. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. And I'm actually going to hand this over to you. What do you, Aaron, want to talk about? There's a lot of things we could talk about. And I think there's a few very important things that uh, we need to start with. Okay. And the first thing that I want to start with is you're young. How old are you? I'm 32 years young. Great. And when did you start becoming? <laughs> I would becoming say a man. Be- becoming a man. <laughs> when were you completely on your own without a salary job? Without a salary job. That's difficult for me to answer truthfully because. I got into the industry at 18 and got my license and became a loan processor and made, I don't know, minimum wage or something. So a loan processor in your business is at the bottom. uh, Sure. Yeah, pretty close to it. And I went and I was like, I'm going to be a real estate agent and was trying to sell real estate on the weekends. Uh, while everybody was getting foreclosed on. Um, and, and this I, is what year? 1832. Jesus. So back then, so I got in the, so I, I was 2006 in the industry, processed for probably a year, and that was seven, and was trying to do real estate in eight. And I, <laughs> sold, I sold one house, and I did the math, and I made less than what I was making processing loans, and I was like, this is stupid. This is very stupid. So, so you then I got the into loan. Time. Yeah, I got into loan origination at that point. And because I, I knew it and I liked it. And, and how long were you a real estate agent? Uh, I don't think you even call it being a real estate agent. <laughs> but you I was a taxi driver who, who, who drove you? people to a house to just open up the door and then like rabid dogs would come and get you. <laughs> who did you sell the house to? When where did you find them? Um, it was a friend of a friend. I'm getting in trouble for sticking pens in my mouth. Friend of a friend. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting considering yeah. we've never done a transaction together. It sounds like you have a pretty big sphere. <laughs> I did one real that's, estate transaction listen, folks, my as entire life. As a real life. estate agent, there's one thing you need to know, and that's that lenders will always hit you up for business. And have never- I ever hit you up? For business. No, but I think it's important that we take this a step back. That was a good intro. Yeah. We take this a step back and talk about how you and I became, I'm going to call it a thing. Oh, wow. Like a summer summer fling that turned into a thing. I was 23 years old when you met me. Wow. 24, 23. Okay. Something like that. Now I'm 20, now I'm 25 and, and And a half. No. And one fourth. (laughs) My three-year-old counts that way, so that's good. Well, I had to do it as a fraction, so there's 12 yeah. months. No, no, no. I mean, like, doing the halves and the everything. Allow me to explain, folks. Neat. What happened was I decided to buy a boosted board. Jamie over here, part of the video crew, did show me that there's bigger things and better things than, than cars. And I decided to take my boosted board hmm. to the office ride it around the parking lot, and film videos of myself on my iPhone. That's when this handsome gentleman named Andrew Frampton <laughs> Drew, walks out Drew of the, the lower-level building, which I walk all over. <laughs> <laughs> and we have very thin floors. And says, hey, I have one of those, too. And then you brought your boosted board to work the next day. And we rode around the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, who's this guy? And I was like, this dude's a pretty big deal. And actually, I didn't really know that you were a big deal until I asked you how much loan volume you did. I didn't know that you kind of like, what's your exact title? A man, branch manager? No. What, what is it? Sales manager, technically. Sales manager. It's not a very cool title, I feel like. It's better than loan processor. 
So you made it I've, somewhere. I've moved this, it up in the world. You made it somewhere times. from yes. 18 to 32. Yes. Yeah. All right, all right. So in reality, my point of the story is, is that you came to me. I came to and you. And now you're on my podcast in your yes, garage. Yes, that is very, yeah. Thank you. This place is really cool, by the you way. You know, I, I think that has a lot of potential. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Anyways, so. excited to be here. Take me down the path. I've never been on a podcast. What are we talking about here? All right. Bench the ego for a moment. Just bench the ego. I'm, I'm going to try. Um, Just make this about me. So, <laughs> I feel like at that meet cute. By the way, I looked it up in a film or television show, uh, an amusing or charming first encounter between two characters that leads to the development of a romantic relationship between them. Meet cute in hyphens. Just like the word a lot, it has a space in between with a hyphen. A lot is not spelled A L O T. It's spelled a space L-O-T. Don't get it wrong, folks. True. I think that's important because you look really stupid in emails when you <laughs> fuck it up. <laughs> All right, so that was our meet cute. But what, <laughs> what I... All right, so after that meeting, I remember thinking, all right, here's this guy filming himself, talking to the camera, and I kind of thought you were putting on this show of like, I'm this like big producing agent, yada, yada. I know what I'm talking about when I am, <laughs> when so many agents just get out there and they're just trying to see whatever they can do to get some traction. Right. But you did it day in, day out. You kept doing it. And I think that is what really, I think, caught my eye to, all right, this guy's not just full of shit. Yeah. I have always been a firm believer of doing it the way that you believe is the correct way. Okay, but... And that was just... Was it I correct? I don't think anything I do is correct. Then I don't then. think anything I do is politically correct. But it's... Okay. But I think the fact that I don't know what is correct yeah. allows me to circumvent the system. Okay, so the first story you ever told me was how you got into the business, which was something with a, uh, what are those things called? The, the two-wheeled gyroscope things that you, you, you door knocked and you were on. Oh. So I don't, what are those called? Damn, we're going way So back. I want to hear that because I feel like that tells the true story of who you are. All right. Let's, let's shout some people out here. Okay. I had it. a lot of people that helped me along the way to get okay. to where I was. Wait, wait, wait. How old are you now? 25. And when did you get order? in the industry? When did you get into the industry? I'm thinking. Oh, okay. Sorry. I didn't know you heard me. What were the specific rules you told me before we got I'm sorry. Honest? Don't. We don't touch yeah. the microphone. Yep. yep. We address the microphone. My apologies. Sorry. Thank you. Aaron, please invite me back. <laughs> I got in the industry when I was 20. Was that 2015? I'm 25 now. Because I remember I started Alon Pinnell with Carol Burnett, who hired me. <laughs> and I remember they did a end of the year video. And if we can find it, we should totally reference it in this shoot. Okay. Um, and it was things that you were grateful for. I think it was right around Thanksgiving. And I had to hold up a sign. And I totally looked like a dork. And here we are in Silicon Valley. I'm 20 years old. I'm working at the highest end at the time agency, I would say. So yeah, definitely. Me. Definitely. And I would wear a suit and tie every single day. Okay. I came from Men's Warehouse. And Wait, you did or it did? I did. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the suit probably did, <laughs> did too. Okay. And uh, I, I remember holding up a sign like a t complete dummy and said, grateful for turning 21. It's literally how I said it. <laughs> and I was just like, that's so stupid. But. Okay. Search. So, search, so you're 20, turning 21. Search uh, Alon Pinnell. Alon Pinnell, grateful for. But eliminate my name. Because I was just part of. Uh, you were just 21. Or turning 21. Don't okay. undermine my video. I was doing videos before everybody else. Did you know. That only 5% of real estate agents do video. 
I did not know. Get with the fucking times, people. Videos are the new thing. We should probably film this. We are filming this. I think we got it. All uh, right, so you... I, I, I can't find it. Jamie's going to look it up. Um, okay, so you started with Alain Pinnell. All right. Carol Sounds like you, you want the story. I'll give you the story. I want the, I want All right, the real here story. Go. So I'm working at Men's Warehouse yeah. from the time I was 15 yeah. until 20. I tried to do both at the same time. I'm 20 okay. years old. I'm sitting there. My cousin was living with me and my parents at the time. He was in a, uh, what is it? Printing business, like printing, not money, but printing, like legal <laughs> shit, you know? Okay. And he had moved, he was from Vacaville, moved here, uh, moved to uh, Coeur d'Alene. His parents moved to Coeur d'Alene. I know. Then, yeah, Coeur d'Alene. Very good. Have you been? No. Cool. I heard it's beautiful. Yeah, just three months out of the year. I don't like snow. Well, I, I don't mind it. Trisha, on the other hand. But um, he had been in real estate in Spokane, Washington when he was 18. Okay. And he moved back with us, got on his feet, was over the Idaho thing, whatever. And uh, so he'd been in the business, and we were sitting... Real estate business. Yes. So, Printing business. No, no, no. So he was in real estate. Like The guy, he's... You know, you have people in your life that are pretty good at everything. Yeah. But they're not really good at Jacks everything. Jacks of all trades. Yeah, he's going to see this and be like, oh, what an asshole. But yeah. I'd say he's pretty good at everything. Okay. Very good with the business principles of what business is. Speaking the number language. Anyways, okay. irrelevant. And growing up, mm-hmm. shout out mom because she's gonna see this. She's always <laughs> on Facebook. She uh, she never cooked. Okay. She she's just not good at it. She doesn't enjoy it. She hates it. So I grew up on TV dinners and fast food. Okay, which is why I'm kind of fat. I think you're great, but keep going. <laughs> and um, we, I specifically remember. I was sitting across from my dad. Mm-hmm. It's it's four. My cousin was sitting to the right of me, and my mom was sitting across from him. Okay. And we were eating Costco's pre-made chicken alfredo that all you have to do is put in the microwave. Okay. Funny enough, not Jamie and I ate that last podcast after everyone went home. So it, it's pretty good. Ready for another fun fact? Yeah. It's the highest caloric in. It's the highest caloric count. That Costco thing that Costco sells that's pre-made. I did not know that, but I guess all that. To be honest, Alfredo. I just made that up. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so keep going. Rule one twenty-six: always exaggerate. Okay, noted. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so keep going. So I'm eating chicken Alfredo. Yep. And my cousin and I were like, oh, "We gotta do something different." I'm working at Men's Warehouse. I was sell- pretty good at selling suits, to be honest. But uh, it wasn't the end-all, be-all. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was barely graduated high school. I was stupid, but I was really good at convincing teachers. I mean, I was a good person. I was only get. I I got in trouble for talking too much. No way. And uh, let's see where we're at. So my cousin. Oh, so I'm I'm at De Anza College. Basically, I I was so behind in high school that I walked into De Anza College. Mm-hmm. And the first day. Okay. I, I do all the prerequisite whatever testing. The first day I walked into math class, I knew I was in trouble. I was screwed. There is no way that I was going to ever, excuse me, graduate college. Ever graduate college. Like, I just knew I was totally fucked. And from there, I was like, I got to come up with a plan. So we're talking, talking, talking. He's like, you should go into real estate. And I'm like, I should go into real estate. Wait, who? My cousin and I. Cousin, okay. And uh, he just brought it up at at Chicken Alfredo. He's (laughs) He's like... Aaron should go into real estate. And I'm like, I should go into real estate. Sorry, I can't drink. That's my 8 o'clock cutoff. Keep going. I love wine. What's your drink? Man, I haven't met a drink I haven't liked. Um, wine. Red, white, champagne. It's all you good. You do like wine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Uh, I know that you're not drinking at the moment, but... Um, if I'm going hard, and I don't have a problem with whiskey. alcohol. I just it's a thirty day thing. Yeah, twelve just so day. We reference. Day. Well, I almost I'm got you to drink. Yeah, almost did. Uh, whiskey, tequila, vodka, gin. Yeah, it's so usual problem. suspects. So your problems. All right. So all right. So all says let get me, into real estate. Okay, let me. I'll wrap this up. So the reason this is so detailed is because I've been in the business now for what three four years. 
I still don't have a good freaking story about how I got into the business, and I've been trying to figure it out. But this is the honest, true story. Yeah, I want to hear it. Let's go. And so he's just like, Aaron should go into real estate. My parents, who are very conservative, not politically, but you know, financially, they're smart. They're both retired now. I'm, I'm adopted, so my parents are a little bit older. But uh, they, they're like, yeah, you should go into real estate. And I'm like, what the fuck? They never agree with hmm. anything that we decide right on the spot. <laughs> I'm like, usually this is methodical. I'm going to have to write, write an, an essay. essay. <laughs> Whoa. And uh, they're all for it. Huh. And so I had sold this guy, James Morris, suits, who had worked at Alon Pinnell. Okay. And James Morris is a total, like, geek. He's a dork. He's like, he doesn't give a rat's ass what you think of him. And okay. he was like, like, come work with me. And he had also just started in the business before he was a general contractor. And uh, he he, he kind of took me under his wing. Hmm. I don't exactly agree with a lot of the things that he did or the way he talks to people, but it's irrelevant. He had my back. And he would get business by door knocking. Hmm. So we would go door knock. We would, you know, drop flyers off, say hello to people. He kind of taught me that you shouldn't be afraid to talk to people. And a lot of people are in this business. It's stupid. And from there, what I realized was that being different is good. Okay. Am I talking too close to the microphone? A little bit. That's fine. And Jamie's dictating. Okay. All right. Like our president. I'm just kidding. Can we get a political reference? I don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So So, keeping you on task. Yeah. yeah. So so he's like, let's do knock with segues. And at this point. So that was his idea. This was his idea. I did not know that. And if I'm, I'm, since this is going to be public, I'm going to go on the record and say that I never bought a Segway. I borrowed a Segway. Huh. But I was $35,000 in debt this time. Why? How old were you? 20? Yeah. How did you get $35,000? You know, that? nobody's ever freaking asked me that. I don't know. You steal your... So I think I have an imaginary life. Okay. Not an imaginary life. Like, my life is real. Okay. But I... Even though I didn't have the money, mm-hmm. I I spent like I had it. Because I wanted to... Wait, what's that saying? Fake it till you make it? Yeah. Okay. So I had a $50,000 car when I was 20. Okay, what was it? An Acura. Well, maybe it's a $40,000 car. Well, I don't even know how much they are. An Acura TL at the time. Okay. Those are nice. With a trailer hitch that carried a Segway. How <laughs> <laughs> that I'm talking about? I haven't told this story ever, I don't think. And um, yeah, I, that's how I started. I was different. So we would go to these, these houses mm-hmm. between, I'd say, 6 and $12 million. Okay. Like, you tell me if Where? you're in a twelve Saratoga. Okay. You tell me if you're in a twelve million dollar house if you've ever had a solicitor at your door and you left the gate open. I guarantee you, if you ask five hundred people, they maybe less than two would. That because left the gate open. So I would just drive on through the gate. Mm-hmm. And I was twenty years old, so I had no idea what I was doing or mm-hmm. saying. Or right. I would just talk to you him just, and hand hey, him my I'm, little I'm flyer. I'm in front of the door here, and I knock and, <laughs> yeah, and, and I, see what happens. And yeah, get a couple. But those, the richest people, were the nicest people because I felt like I was on to something in the sense that they saw that I was willing to do it. I mean, they still shut the door and told me they weren't interested, whatever. Right. But the people that were the poorer people that could only afford $3 million in Saratoga, <laughs> they were the meaner ones. Really? Because they had huh. more people, you know, they're... I relate better to... So if we were to break this down, we have the C's, <laughs> the D's, and the E's. Okay. What's that? I re, So C's are CEOs. Okay. COOs. D's okay. are directors. Okay. And E's are executives. Okay. And then you have, you know, software engineers, people mm-hmm. that have teams. I don't relate to software engineers for the shit, but I relate okay. really well to people who are willing to kind of lay it out there. They don't, they don't want the foo-foo, fla-fla, blah-blah, think about shit overnight. Just okay. tell me the facts, let's roll with it. Gotcha. So, I, therefore, I have a higher average price point. But my point of it is, I'm not scared to be myself in front of them, and I think that that's hmm. very trans... The transparency... I think is a key element in the real estate business. I think your segue story should be how you got in the business. You don't need to get into like anything else. Just I got in the business by segue door knocking. That 
is different. Like so what this led to okay. was I had no money. So I, David Gershio, who still works at On Pinnell, okay. is now the co-owner, I believe. Something to do with, do you know who Alexander Holt is? Former Shark-owned Holt's restaurant yeah. right there. Okay. Now become Flights, which is in Campbell, mm-hmm. Mountain View, Las Vegas. I mean, it's pretty mm-hmm. big now. They serve you three of everything. Anyways, he hired me when it was still Flights. I mean, Holt's, which was a high-end restaurant. Unfortunately, I was fired because I delivered... Uh, I As never, a server? No, I, I was just a... a what, what do they call Bus? it when they, when they give you the food? A server? No. Busboy? Runner. Food. Runner, okay. I never like you were a loan fancy. processor. I was a fucking yeah. runner. Okay, gotcha. And it's better than a busboy, though. No, really. I, so if there's one thing I'm really bad at, it's mm. memorizing sh- just shit, like things that are irrelevant that I don't care about. And the menu changed in between when I was there, so I finally freaking remember this menu. And I don't. I've never studied for anything in my life, including my real estate test, which is why it took me. Several tries. Okay. I got a 69 <laughs> twice. And you have to okay. have a 70 to pass. Anyways, so I get fired from Holtz because I deliver steak to the wrong table. And steak at Holtz was at the time between 50 and 60 bucks, I believe. Right. So I deliver well-done steak to the person who wanted it rare and vice versa. I did that twice in one night. So four steaks wrecked. People were pissed. Blah, blah, blah. So then the kitchen staff. I didn't get fired. I got, I chose to fire myself. I was like, this sucks. I suck. This is dumb. But anyways, where I was going with this, that was how I was paying rent. And I was renting a bedroom from the guy who painted my house when my parents sold it. And no, I didn't sell my parents' house. Sydney Arena sold my parents' house, which is who helped me get in the business. And I know you know Sydney a little bit. Yeah. So anyways, to get back on track here, I had no money. I don't know what the hell I spent it on, but I spent it on some random things to get me to this point. And... What I found is that there's a lot of agents who aren't willing to knock on doors. Okay. So there's people at Alon Pinnell, the average age I'd say there is between, eh, I don't want to be mean, but I'd say it's around 55 years old. I'd agree with that. Yeah. yeah. So it's an older company. They're well-established. People still dress up, blah, blah, blah. They would pay me to go door knock for them. So instead <laughs> of my own deals, I don't know if I got anyone a deal. Mm-hmm. But I would just, you know, sig my little ass on up the hills and knock on doors and drop flyers off and whatever. On your Segway? Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Both. <laughs> okay. Sometimes the Segway was irrelevant and it was unnecessary. Like, the mm-hmm. second you get stairs, it fucking sucks. Yeah. Just leave that. Walk stairs. Yeah. Walk back and, like, down. that at that time, because it was so long ago, <laughs> Segways, uh... They were heavy. You had to heavy, and you had yeah. to lean them against something. Oh, this! I, I was picturing like the cool, trendy ones. This one had like the little handlebars and everything. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. And like I said, I'm in a suit and a tie. <laughs> Anyways, I didn't sell anything for 18 months. Okay. I, I never had a sale. Never had anything. Can you just turn the phone off? I, you know, it's telling me something really important here. All right, I'm gonna continue to talk while the host of the show just keep going. Does everything. Anyways, I didn't sell anything at on Pinnell. Had to hang up the cleats there. Okay. In between that time, I oh, mean, and when did you? Uh, I was there for 18 months. Okay. So I'm 22, 21, okay. 22. Anyways, I go and meet. So Nicolette Virgilio, who was a title rep at the time, mm-hmm. uh, I had been introduced to by Sydney, mm-hmm. and Nicolette's like, you need to talk to this guy David. His name David Lover. Owns mm-hmm. Cal Financial or runs Cal Financial, and. I met with David and Daniel Chalk. Okay. And I was like, these are the things I'm doing. But at the end of the day, I just wasn't talking to the right people. Mm-hmm. And I would go, I would show up every day, whatever. But I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was just, I would just kill time. And act, I thought I was working. Right. Okay. So they're like, you need to join a team. And I'm like, a team? What's a team? Mm-hmm. Like, there's teams? Like baseball? And they're like, yeah. Would you rather call people that are interested in buying houses all day or pretend you're busy type of thing? Hmm. I'm like, of course I'd rather call people. And that's when I was introduced to three people. Prashant, uh, I don't remember the other one, and Shannon Rose and Dan Sullivan. And Shannon, t- I kind of hired myself with Shannon, to be honest, but she taught me a lot. Like, most of the things I know are from Shannon uh, and Dan, they spent a lot of time with me. I was there for two years. Didn't close much with them. I was a little constricted there. Uh, I was also very immature at the time. Still am immature, but 
they, 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 they are very good. If you're a new agent, you want, you don't even have to be new. If you're confused and lost and you want <laughs> very good guidance and structure, Shannon Rose, she's at Keller <laughs> Williams and Dan Sullivan. They're great. Um, didn't work out. I spread my wings, met with Dave Clark, also hired myself there, became his buyer's agent. And then the second I left Shannon and went to Dave, I did, uh, I don't know, maybe 40 or 50 million. Wow. So I went from six deals to, I don't know, four, 36, 40, I don't even know. That's pretty good. Big difference, yeah. yeah. So then uh, threw up some big numbers the last two years, but that's, that's, that's the kind of the story. It was kind of a half-assed story. I didn't know that's what we we're going to be talking Sorry. about. So I would yeah. have been more prepared. That's all right. But I think the biggest thing that I learned that you do very well when you call me randomly and just say what's up is that you are genuinely engaged with the person that you're talking to. <laughs> Meaning... My wife would argue that, but okay. <laughs> I, I, I want you to notice something. And okay. whoever's listening, I want them to notice something too. When you talk to somebody... You can know, you pretty much know in five seconds if they're genuinely interested in what you're talking about. Because how does it feel when I do this? Yeah, I'm talking sucks. About? So how's it going? Yeah. yeah. Because all you're thinking about is like, why the fuck am I talking to you? So I'm like, I think the reason that I'm doing better, in two, did better in 2018 than 2017 was you got to bench the ego. You are, I am no better, you are no better than anybody else. Say it one more time. So... The reason why you're doing better in you were doing better in 18 than 17 was because you benched the ego. Got to bench the ego. And, and I didn't notice it until I was speaking in front of a big group of people, unfortunately. What do you mean? It all came crashing. So I I I'm a firm believer in whatever you want, like coaches, counselors. Anyways, I need I always need somebody to help me grow. Okay. And I have a coach that I hired Jesus 3 years ago. The second I had the big breakout, 1,000% David Kesey. Okay. And who's he's also that? David Messer's coach. Who is? Oh, he's a coach. So he was former, okay. formerly at, uh, we'll call him <laughs> Tony Ferry. Okay. No shout out to him. But once he <laughs> left Tony Ferry, I was like, I got to have that guy. Hmm. So I had him. And I realized a Chase Slate card gave me $18,000 loan for some reason. So I was able to pay for coaching that way. Interest huh. interest free for eighteen months. Okay. So then I was in even more. So were more you dead. still in thirty five? So now you're in like from 50. the time that okay. I hired David. Yeah. To the time that I got completely debt free. Okay. It only took me two months. Really? Yeah. Made a hundred grand in two months from the time I hired him. Okay. And one of the things that I didn't realize that I did in two thousand seven that was in two thousand sixteen. So two thousand seventeen, I thought I was the shit. I was twenty four years old, making good money. But I pushed away the most important people to me. Which is what? My mom, my dad, Trisha, my best friends. Family but but I didn't push them away, I would say. I would say that I was... Cold? Reserved? I, I, I was... Kept them arm's length? I would put them down to make myself look better or feel better. And when it, when, when it was, became a big deal, as I was speaking at a conference in Los Angeles, and this lady, I was on a, I was on a guest speaker, kind of like this. And uh, she said, how do you keep a work-life balance? And I said, that's a dumb question. Next question. And I can, to the day, tell you exactly what she looks like and exactly where she was sitting. And it always stuck with me. Uh, because my coach at the time, he didn't talk to me after the, the, the conference. And he's like, dude, you got a big problem. <laughs> and what I realized is that I am good enough. Mm -hmm. And that nobody cares if you make a dollar or a hundred thousand dollars or ten million dollars, they care about the genuine traits that you possess as a person. <laughs> I think you're very genuine, which is why you do well. <laughs> I really mean that. Okay, <laughs> appreciate that. Um, I think that's a huge breakthrough because I think this industry glorifies those. I mean, you can, even the TV com uh, uh, shows that we have around real estate. It's it's the people who are mean to their assistants and yeah, it's you know, not cool. Just they're yeah, they put everyone down and. and but you know, I thought it was cool. I thought that's what people wanted, but that people don't want that because you thought it it somehow made you cool or made you a better. Yeah, I think it uh, comes from being immature. Hmm. 
And when I had my biggest breakthrough was that and being unemotionally attached to any outcome that happens. Okay. What does that mean? There's a lot of things, whether you're in real estate, whether you're selling cars, tech sales, whatever it is. Okay. Sales. There's a lot of things that you can't control. Yeah. And I believe if you get emotionally attached to the outcome of things that you can't control, you show business immaturity and you're going to lose and get stressed out. I don't get really stressed out. I only get stressed out about one thing. What's that? Making spreadsheets. <laughs> I got a guy for you. What, what, what's her name? It's a guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would have to say that when, until very recently, and something personally happened to my family that kind of changed my view on this, but I would tell everybody that we hired that it was their job to control things they can't and they had to figure it out. And I really thought that was a great kind of intro into our company. Hey, you need to control the appraisal that comes in low. You need but to control this. But that also goes back to what I said earlier. Which is? You're a control freak. I am, but I'm a recovering like, control freak. And I, I feel it, actually. You do? Yeah, yeah, I feel it. Like, the way that I walked in here and I was yeah. kind of like, this is what the, 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 the you took it. I mean, you, you told me at the end, you're like, no, motherfucker, you're not going to do that. But you took it. Okay, so you walk into a place and you fucking own it. For better or worse. No, 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 You're like, I'm Aaron and I'm showing up, right? And for I, better or worse. For better or worse. And it's not, the thing is though, it's, it's, I don't think it's you being an asshole. But it takes, this is my problem. What's your problem? It takes two to three to five to seven times right. to be around me okay. to quote unquote deal with me before you have the de- not decency before you even remotely like me so there's no gray with me that's the problem so you either fucking hate me or you right. like me i think you are like the people who really love you they're converts i mean besides like mom and dad of converts course. meaning we had to convert them yeah oh jesus christ yeah actually that's true jamie didn't like me yeah beginning. people i pay don't even like me. <laughs> and how does that make you feel Dude, it sucks, to be honest. I, okay. I, I put up a front for the longest time. And then I want to get back to what you said. Okay. Uh, I put up a front for the longest time about not realizing it, thinking that, like going back to what I was saying, not that you're not good enough. I was crippled by the fact that people thought that it was, that I was a loser because I drove an Acura instead of a Mercedes. <laughs> that I wore a... You vers- cared immensely what people thought. Of you. I still care. I, I still, yeah, I still care. And there's, and d- the problem is, is I can't, I don't notice it until it's too late. I, you don't notice if it wasn't thoughts. for certain mentors that I have, I would be driving a Ferrari, a rented Ferrari, probably, right, with a Rolex pushing it down a, the street because you can't afford the gas. Yeah, but, but I'm, I, that's my biggest flaw is I, is caring too much what other people think of you. I will not be myself to make, what I think is to, to be who you think I, how the hell do I say this? I try to be something that you want me to be, but okay. I'm wrong. Okay. And so the funny thing is, is that I guess I could see that from time to time, but yet who told you to do a bunch of videos and to my business coach. Okay. And so you've, what you've done to kind of, uh, hack your flaws is you've put good people around you that you want to impress. Oh. Right? So now... Who's the good people that you're... Your business to? coach. Oh, yeah. David Kesey again. David I Kesey. Him. <laughs> I've never met him, but he sounds like a great guy. You should probably hire him. Yeah? Once a week I, think, I think he does real estate. No, he does everything. Oh. Okay. Um, okay, so you... Go. I mean, it's really. Int- we have not posted anything as of yet. Today is what that's, day is it? That's because January thirty first. Your content editor is a stockpiler. So I haven't posted anything as of yet, and it's frightening to be honest to post anything because as soon as I click send or Jacob does or somebody does, um, we can't take it back. 
It's it's in the internet. It's done. Oh, you, it's scary. That's you. You're scared. Yeah, I'm scared. I want to yeah. go back to something you said earlier. I okay. want to go back to the fact that you said that you're a recovering control freak based off of what's happened to you in your life, and you can get into that with somebody else in the this episode type of thing. <laughs> but uh, go back to the saying that you said when you would hire people before. It's their job to control things they can't. It's their job to control things. And, and, and it was my job, too. Okay. And, and I that? looked at that. When you, as a realtor, you came to me and you said, Drew, I want you to work with this Because client. when we were on the boosted board, yeah. you said, I'm a control freak. Yes. Recovering. Maybe I didn't No, but at the time, you were a control yeah. freak. I still, I still am a control freak in a lot of ways. But you, I think you can't have an emotional attach to certain outcomes in life. Because like you said, if you do that, you know, if, if your team is uh, the 49ers, you're pretty bummed out, right? But if you just want to root for them, and yeah, you know, it's kind of, kind of an upsetting thing, but hey, they didn't win today. All right, that's great, right? But if you have this like immense emotional attachment to an outcome you cannot control, right? You're not playing football. You can't control that. Even if you were, you're only one member in a bigger team, right? That's like a depressing life. I believe 99% of things that happen to you. Okay. Shit's going to happen. I mean, life is hard. Yeah, sure. Things are going to happen. But it's not about what's happening at the moment. It's about how you're overcoming or coming out of the situation on top. What I always tell myself is if nothing bad ever happened, I wouldn't have a very good story. Yeah, it'd be boring. That's yeah. why people kill themselves. I wouldn't say kill themselves, <laughs> but that's why people do dumb shit. Because they're bored. They're bored and they want to get some kind of thrill in life. But I think, you know, it, it, in a lot of ways, you know, for, for instance, my youngest son, there's been some very hard times with his, his uh, health and the medical things we have to deal with. Sure. And I feel like I relish life more because of him. It's been really hard. If they said, Drew, we, we can make him whole, yeah, I would, I would lay down my own life for that, right? But I can't, obviously, uh, and I can't control that, so I have to just deal with it. Correct. And if I somehow place my own you know, ability to control something, which I can't, onto that and say, I'm going to be able to control this, I'm going to be miserable. So instead, I'm just going to enjoy what I can. But you're going to make the best of every yeah, situation. take it where it is. Correct. Yeah. And I think that comes down to a work-life balance. Sometimes it takes people to have a shitty situation to appreciate the basic things that they have around them. I think there's, there's something ingrained in human nature to just love that like underdog comeback story. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if look how many just people, hand it to you, you're just like, that's, you're I know you're not a sports it. guy, but look how many people <laughs> want Tom Brady to lose. To lose. Yeah. I root for him losing. And I don't even like See, sports that much. <laughs> and I root for him to win. You do? Why is because that? Because I believe he's the underdog. Because everyone is I really liked his him. motivational speech that he had. What was it? I'm too old. You're too slow. You're <laughs> too this. I mean, Tom Brady went into sep like like I said, I know you're not super into sports. What but is he, he like went forty two? Something like that. He's pretty old. But but he went at the bottom of the draft. Hmm. I didn't know oh, that. Yeah. Same with Aaron Rodgers. The 49ers passed on him as well. He didn't go at the bottom of the draft, but I thought Aaron Rodgers was going to be a number one overall pick, and he ended up going number 20-something. And there's an interview right after the draft. He said the 49ers are going to be the biggest regret they ever had, and Aaron hmm. Rodgers is now probably the best quarterback in the league. Besides? Well, Tom Brady's the the, the GOAT, the glorified G-O-A-T greatest of all time. Gotcha. But Did you play sports? I'm going down a different path. Did you play sports? I did. What sports? I want to say something about what that. What sports did you play? I want to say something before that. <laughs> okay, fine. What's up? Go. Do you think in the past two years you've hit rock bottom? Meaning the like, there was a point in your life where you woke up and you were just like, fuck. Nothing is going to be harder than today. Mm, rock bottom. Whether it's know. with your kids, whether it was maybe in high school, middle school. Fuck, I don't know. Loan processor. I feel I, if I was going to answer that truthfully, I would have to probably give you some background that I don't want to give you. So I would say I don't know if I even believe in rock bottom. But is there a point that you were at in your life 
that motivates you to never have to ever go back there, whether it's financially or within your business. Or you can you could just pass on the question. I can answer the sports question. <laughs> I I grew up poor, but that's I think a relative term. So there was a part of me, and this is not as big of a factor today, but especially younger in my career of doing whatever it took to be successful. And success was a big motivating factor for what I did. But um, there's, it only takes so much before you're like, okay, well, either this is just going to be a high I chase forever or you know, I'm just going to try to help people and live my life. So as far what, as success. You said the money. word success. Yeah. And that's, that's another topic. And then I can answer this question. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> you said, what did you base success off at an early age? Like, what was successful so to you? In high school, I wrote down this, like, what I was going to do. I'm, I love setting goals. Uh, so I set all these things I'm going to do. And I did nothing of them. None of them in my 20s. Um, so I was going to be a multimillionaire. And I was... Uh, gonna be, you know, just on a island somewhere, kind of just chilling, right? Made so much money. Um, Sorry for the typing. I had to, you sparked something. <laughs> on okay, um, so I did not complete those goals, but I don't really want those goals. I like what I do. They're and financially driven, most of them. They were all financially driven, and I think I was I was very narrow minded in the fact that that's what really drove me to get in the business was money. I mean, I, I feel like I'm a good person, so I want to help people. But it was like, how? What's the business that's going to make me money? And I liked real estate. I liked money, so this is where I landed, anyways. But yeah, it was definitely financially driven, and quickly I realized. And that doesn't excite I me. I think that, much. that is the number one mistake people make is being driven by money. It's the completely wrong thing to be driven by. And I, I did the exact same thing that you did. Do you feel like if you looked at it almost 180 degrees and you didn't even care about the money and you cared about the people and, you know, having success in the transaction? I would have made the, more money. Hell yeah. Ten times the money. I just met with a super cool dude. Uh He's done everything. The okay. guy doesn't need to work another day in his life. Made $10 million off trading alone last year, but he's a lender. Okay. And uh, he told me the reason that he did, I think he did $200 million, he said, last year. The Damn. reason that he did, didn't talk he, to him. He, he's <laughs> successful is that he does not care about the money. Hmm. He says if you look at every single review that he has online, it just... Can he do the deal? Mm -hmm. And can he put the client in the best position possible? That's all he cares about. And <laughs> if he can, he passes them on. Right. And I think so many people get hung up on, I call it commission breath, making mm -hmm. sure that, or they they're doing money. something that they shouldn't do. They're right. not putting their client in the best position possible. People see through that shit right away. Right, right away. And if you don't care, if you literally don't care about the outcome, right. it's all yeah. good. That's one thing that my my mentor in my business, uh, Dave Setti, if we're name dropping here, um, taught me was you make the most money on the deals you say no to. Yeah. Twofold. One, maybe they're not the right fit, right? Maybe you'll close the business and they won't be happy, right? And that, I think, is a detriment to your business. Or two, maybe you turn them on to a better solution that unfortunately doesn't make you money. But down the line, somewhere, they're going to refer to their cousin, their sister. There's something that's going to come out of that, on average, that's going to benefit your business. Correct. So that is a very good point because a lot of people – I'm in real estate, obviously. I don't know if everyone listening to this <laughs> is going to be in real estate, right? So most of us are paid 2.5%. Okay. Say the average commission is 5%, 5 .5 to the, uh, 2 and a half to the buyer's agent, 2 and a half to the seller's agent. Okay. And what's a buyer's agent and what's a seller's agent for those that are not real sure. estate? So if you were a to... listing agent. Correct. So if you Sells were, your house, right? Yep. Or lists the house, markets the house, so right? You're, you're Drew. Yes. Andrew Frampton. You would like to sell your home. Yeah. You're going to call a specific person okay. to sell your home. Right. Most of the time, that specific person is going to do every single thing that they can to represent to you to get you the most money, to get you the best terms, so on and so forth. Then there are other people 
that want to buy homes. Those people that want to buy homes call and hire other people. They find them through their friends, family, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that they person, help the buyer. All, the only, all, all they do is help the buyer. Okay. So there's two sides. And both of those people on a million dollar purchase, they get 25000 each. Two and a half. Two and a half, two and a half. Gotcha. So where's it going with that? What did I say before? I am good at math. You didn't know it. For real. <laughs> <laughs> so you were saying about commission. <laughs> this is a very, very big common occurrence. I recently bought a Tesla and now I no longer have a car key. And there's two things that I lose almost every day. Yeah. Interest can attest. A car key. Yeah. And a wallet. Well, you don't have a car key anymore. Correct. But I actually just lost my car key two days ago. How? And you I don't dropped have a car one. Correct. Oh. But I had to drop off the lease return, which is the Acura. Uh huh. You have it? Because my super key to get into houses is attached to that. So I haven't had any showings in the last two days that have required it, but basically, and this is irrelevant, but Apple couldn't agree to let realtors only use our iPhones, so they made us get these stupid little buttons as well, like you've probably seen, and some of the older lockboxes don't allow you in with just your phone, so it's been I've been praying that I didn't have to show any of this. Anyways, I don't remember what I was talking about with the whole commission thing. Buyer's agent, seller's agent. I need one make my. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is as real as it gets, I tell you. <laughs> did you sell, Did you play sports? Oh, no, no. <laughs> but there's one other thing that I typed out that okay. I typed out that I thought was important. You said you love hitting, setting and hitting goals, which I think is imperative. And in any entrepreneurial business, whether you're a lender, uh, athlete, uh, whatever the hell you are, mm-hmm. what happens, and I get in arguments all the time, you say you're going to make a million bucks this year. Okay. <clears throat> What if you don't make a million? I believe that people set ridiculous goals, and I think it's so stupid that there's no repercussions if they don't hit the goals. So for what so I do... So what are you proposing you're supposed to do? So, for instance, I have... We'll, we'll start with one basic goal. Okay. My goal this year, or last month, I challenged somebody into coaching... December? Program. January. Oh, uh, yeah, January. Uh, maybe it was December. I don't remember. As okay. you can see, I don't have the best memory. <laughs> I uh, I challenged somebody who could who could do the best lead generation. What a lead lead is is somebody registers online or calls you or whatever. Potential want to buy or sell a house. Okay. I challenged somebody else in Los Angeles mm-hmm. who can have more appointments hmm. and have more closed transactions. And whoever did not win had to donate to the fire victims up north. Okay. And I felt like... It's a win-win. It's a win-win. Yeah. And just like on my weekly coaching calls, I hate the Dodgers. I love sports. Okay. I did play a few (laughs) for all those people who are wondering. And uh, if I don't hit the goal, then I have to write a $1,000 check to the Los Angeles Dodgers. I send it to my coach, and he does the whole thing, whatever. But What does he write to if you do hit it? No, he doesn't do shit. He's my oh. coach. <laughs> <laughs> just bam, regardless. Awesome. But I think okay. it's imperative that you have a, uh, accountability. And a lot of people are just scared. Like, they're soft. Like, <laughs> this this business is very... Any sales business mm-hmm. is hard. And, really hard. And th- the business side is easy. Like What's the business side? What do you mean? What I, what I mean by business side is the the transaction aspect of this is easy. You get meaning sign like a contract, yeah, you show them the house. It's stupid. It's so they say, yeah, I like it. It's really easy. Okay. The hardest part is to find the client or to mm-hmm. find the correct house, right? But once you're in contract or whatever, the rest is on you. Right. I don't do it. Maybe some negotiation, yeah, whatever. but it's pretty it's, We have a very simple job. It's just hard. Right. Hard to find and make a living. I think the, the top 5% of realtors do 90% of the business or something. Anyways, yes, I, I did play sports. I played baseball, hockey, football. Awesome. And I also like to go paintballing. Hmm. Okay. That's, I mean, it, it would have been cool if you answered that like five questions ago. No, it doesn't matter. It was two questions ago. <laughs> but, okay, so I like that. And, and I don't actually and use that. If somebody remembers what I was talking about with regards to the commission, just comment below. 
That's imperative. That gets your engagement up. I know you. Have oh yeah. Somewhere. So comment. Below. I just learned how to. And do us a favor. Yeah. If this just sucks, also <laughs> let us know that you hate it. Yeah. And but if you love it, yeah. be sure that you that you like it. Show some love. If it sucks, like, Aaron well, is gonna write a thousand dollar check to the Dodgers. Yeah, and I'll get. I'll say this too. Anyone watching this that leaves us a comment, I'll give them a five dollar Starbucks gift card. Really? Yeah. Because it's your podcast. No, it's your podcast. <laughs> but I'm going to post it too. <laughs> and I also think that uh, the people that you work with, I know we don't do a lot of business together, but we're going to this year. I agree okay. with that. And uh, I think it's imperative that you you can't work with anybody, whether it's a client or somebody directly that you're working with. You can't work with them without building rapport with them. Definitely. And it comes with trust, comes with a lot of things. Do you feel like you're good at building rapport? Do you, are you like that instant with certain person? people? I do. I can't build. I you pulled up Zach on the computer earlier. Zach Shields, who's mm-hmm. also my, one of my business partners. I do not relate to software engineers. Hmm. I hate them. They hate me. They don't talk. They don't tell me what they're thinking. And I have been learning and growing and trying to understand the mind of an engineer. But guess who relates really well to them? Zach. He loves spreadsheets. He loves this. He, lo- he, lo- he relates to them. And <laughs> I just don't relate to them. And I think it's important that you're not so money-driven that you try to do things that don't work. I can make it work, but right. I am genuinely miserable and unhappy, and I know Zach likes it. That dude types three-paragraph emails when I could type it in a sentence. Right. Because he's detailed. And a lot of people right. think that I'm rude. Because I could say something in 10 words, but I choose to say it in four. Hmm. Like instead of like, oh, I really think this could be better. What if we tweaked it and did it like this? I'm like, this sucks. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. And is that, is that, that's the real Aaron. That's just how I've been. Yeah. And, but that's not you being rude. It's just you being to the point. Like it's just like, it's stupid. Like right. why would I do something that's dumb? And I think that can get you in trouble. But they can also get you to arrive to a pretty good place, right? I, I like looking at the negatives in a lot of things. Uh, I don't know if you like this or not. But like, I really like, um, like you're talking about the consequences of not hitting goals. I've never done that. I think that's brilliant. Because if you have a negative, typically... Did I ask you a question and not even let you answer? No, I don't know if you did or not, but you did answer. Um, typically... You have this goal and it's like make a million dollars, but if you made 500,000, that would be okay. You could live and have a great life, right? A million dollars, what's that really going to do for you, right? But if you have to write a thousand dollars, which is a lot less than a million dollars, by the way, if you have to write a thousand dollars, let's say, to a team you hate, that hurts more than the, the pleasure you get from making a a million dollars. There's some kind of obviously equilibrium there, but to a certain point, losing is worse than winning is good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the fact that America or life in general gives you a a, a trophy for eighth place is so stupid. Right. It's a, this is dumb. Like right. you lost second place, you lose. There's no there's no hiring a second realtor. So you're a winner takes all mentality. Yeah. You have to be. And are you a fierce competitor? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You have to be. And do you believe in good sportsmanship? I play to win. <laughs> okay. So but not- I but but yes. <laughs> yes as in I believe in good sportsmanship. Like if you lost Why though? It's winner takes all. Yeah, but you shouldn't be a little bitch if you lose. <laughs> if you lose, you should look somebody dead in the eyes and say, "Good job, you did better yeah. than me." And you should take that and learn from it. But I, but, but I believe a lot of people miss the biggest opportunities because they don't ask the right questions. Hmm. Okay. If you don't ask good questions, you suck. Like you will never grow and learn and become better if you don't ask powerful questions. Which is your, in my opinion, I would say you're out of anyone I know. I'd say you're the top five. Top five? I don't want to Do you know it. five people? <laughs> Out of what? Asking questions? Yeah, I would say you're, you're, you're in the elite category. Of asking questions. Of asking questions. Huh. Without a... I've, I've never had anyone say that to me before, to be honest. I'm sure there's a lot of things you've never heard people say that I say. <laughs> 
But I think uh, you need to focus on negatives. Okay. I would have to agree. Negatives, to me, drive, at least for me, and I think there's different personalities, but they drive how I look at the business um, and motivate me more than the positives. Motive, but, but I want people to notice something. We're talking about ourselves and what we like. Yeah. So many, I mean, I, for my age, for, for a lot of people, I, I think both of our incomes were in the top 1%. And it's irrelevant. But but what I don't like is that I have a lot of friends that are comparing themselves to me. <laughs> and I hate that, that all they're looking at is money because it's so much more than that. I switched teams recently and joined a new company, as people may see, and videos and things like that. And what I told my parents when they were very concerned about me leaving was that I'd rather give up my best shot and fall flat on my ass knowing that I did it my way, Hmm. not somebody else's way and stop trying to emulate other people that you are not because Hmm. people see right through it. I make a lot of money. I chose a profession where you can make a lot of money, but if If you're happy as a freaking hamburger flipper, go do it. I am making more money right now off of garage sale items that are being flipped at a 900% ROI than most people, I would say, make coming out of college. What are you selling? Anything. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, we bought records, Blu-ray DVDs. Uh, let's see. What are those? Th- hard drives? Uh and there's a lot of fees and shit, and you waste some time on eBay. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have... But but I'm buying these records in bulk, obviously. Mm-hmm. If somebody tells you 25 at a garage sale, you're going to get it for you know 20 to 15 bucks. Right. And what I realize is at the end of the day, it gets my mind off of a lot of things, and it's, it's kind of fun. It's enjoyable. Hmm. Assuming they have a barcode. If they don't have a barcode, it could be a little tedious. But we're having a lot of fun with it, and I think this year we're going to make at least $100,000. Just from selling garage sale items. Profit. Profit. Damn. Yeah. So we bought these records for like, I don't know, 20 cents each. Mm-hmm. Some of them are worth 40, 50, 60 bucks. We bought a stupid uh, hard drive for 20 bucks. And right now it's bidding on eBay for $225. Really? Yeah. You just get lucky. What, and why? I mean, you're in real estate. You sell one house, you'd make a lot more than two hundred twenty. But I bucks. think what I realized this past year is that it's not that I'm in real estate. It's that I love interacting with people and I love selling shit. It's fun. I get a thrill out of it. I get I get a better high from finding a ridiculous deal at a garage sale mm-hmm. than I do at selling a three million dollar house. Hmm. I don't know why. There's Gary Vaynerchuk is actually the one that turned me on to this. In case you guys don't know, I do know about Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm in episode 407, Gary V. 407. <laughs> and uh, Jamie and I will be meeting with Gary in San Francisco. That was established today on Instagram. Really? Yeah, I did pay a very large amount of money, and he'll be coming out here in March. Wow. Is that, I mean, that's public consumption, I'm assuming? Public consumption. Okay. The people can know. Okay, and it it's just be, you uh, and him. And, you and him, we're going to yeah. do the same type of thing. Okay, you're more than welcome to come if you want to yeah. pay half. Yeah, pay half. Okay, <laughs> that's another thing. I think a lot of people don't get the education that they need. I just called my coach before this. What did he say? There's two things that I thought he th- that, that were that were pretty good. Uh, don't worry about things you can't control. Oh, agents need to improve themselves more than, than jumping to the next latest greatest technology. Technology is never going to replace the, the real estate agent. I think you and I both agree that in the next six to nine months, we don't really know what's ahead of us. Right. We could be headed towards a very strange time, 2008 times. I mean, technology, all of that. Yeah, there's a lot that's going on. So once shit hits the fan, a lot of these stupid companies are going to go away, in my opinion. Because at the end of the day, if you're listing your house, who are you going to call if something goes wrong? And things go wrong all the time. A person. Correct. No. Just like why do not all people want to use Quicken for their loans? Because they can't get a hold of a freaking person. Right. Or they get the human interaction is never gonna go away, in my opinion. Yeah, I think tools can help, but if you lose sight on 
just focusing on the tool being that magic pill, which I see with both people who've been in the business a long time and even myself. Oh my gosh, this email tool will help me save a bunch of time. And at the end of the day, you're going to have a way better success rate just writing a damn email. And yeah. And I told you that the reason I always, I always open your emails is because they're simple. They're short. They're simple. And they're There's no graphics. Correct. <laughs> no, no. And they don't look art. <laughs> they're, they're genuine. Yeah. And, uh, I think what people miss is that they're not identifying the three to five basic pillars of their business and just hammering them. You don't need to jump around. And if you try something, try it for 90 days. If you can't afford it for 90 days, don't fucking do it. Right. And it's so stupid to me. Like, why would you not stick with the three, at least three keys that work and just roll with them? Right. In my business, I'd just look for the red chimney smoke. Who has to sell now? And there's a thing as having too many leads, I believe. As well. Where you can't service any of them. Where you can't service any of them. Like, mm. They cover up the good stuff. So focus That's on having funny. less people doing mm. more units. You can't, you can't get the gold from the shit. Yeah. No. And go to these you know, conventions and, and learn something. Hmm. Learn something. And what I learned is that there's four basic categories, not in any particular order. Health, wealth, happiness, and love. And... Just because we make a lot of money doesn't mean that you cannot have a good relationship with your husband or your wife or your kids. Or there's a, there's four categories and you got to hit them all. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people, hard yeah, to have them all banging at the same time. Yeah, and a, a lot <laughs> just came out funny, but a lot of people they replace one for another. And just because you make a lot of money doesn't mean you have a high net worth and a high wealth and a lot of wealth. Right. And that's something I realized this year. I was like, holy shit, I have a negative net worth. I need to start buying assets, not depreciating things. And hmm. a huge market right now is Airbnb. So you look at the top 10 Airbnb markets. Great, great thing to look at is a sign up for AirDNA. If you're interested in investing, it'll tell you the, the best markets based off what you make and where you want to buy, blah, blah, blah. But I think it's kind of a cool concept. Airbnb is the future, and I think it's here to stay. Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. That's all the time we got, man. I appreciate was, it on the... That was an hour. It was a, a little bit more after uh, oh, all the dude, conversations. You're going to have to have me back. You're going to have to have me back. I think we just cracked the surface. Yeah. Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Drew's Garage. Be sure to like, subscribe, share, comment, or do whatever you do best. And I'll see you next time.